Two types of people are mentioned over here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us, a question is being asked, and it's a rhetorical question to provoke thinking. Who is best? Who is better? The one whose chest Allah has opened up for Islam so that he is upon light from his Lord. Meaning he has clarity, he has guidance, he has Islam in his life because Allah opened up his heart to Islam. Who is better? This one or the other whose heart is closed to Islam such that فَوَيْلٌ لِلْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ Then woe to those people whose hearts are hardened against the dhikr of Allah. That their heart does not melt, it does not open up to Islam. It only becomes harder and harder. أُولَٰئِكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Such are in clear error. Two types of people are mentioned over here. And we are being asked, who is better? Whose way is better? Whose consequence? Whose result is better? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu nazzala ahsan al-hadith kitaban mutashabiha. Allah has revealed the best speech. The problem is not with the Qur'an. It's not with the dhikr of Allah. It's with the hearts. What kind of a heart is within a person? Because Allah has revealed the best speech, such that is mathan, that is mutashabihan, that one part of it resembles the other part, so it is consistent, it is coherent, there is no contradiction within the book of Allah, and it is mathani, in which is repetition, Those who truly fear their Lord, when they listen to the Qur'an, their skins shiver. And then their skins and their hearts soften for the dhikr towards the dhikr of Allah. Meaning when the mercy of Allah is mentioned, then their hearts find tranquility also. Because the Qur'an is essentially remembrance of Allah. So as they listen to the Qur'an, they experience both fear as well as hope. This is the guidance of Allah that He gives to whomever He wills. And whoever Allah sends astray, then no one can guide Him. Again, what do we see in this ayah? Two types of people. One, those who are guided by the Qur'an. Their experience is mentioned here. And then those, those who are not guided, then, they, then no one at all can guide them. So again we see contrast, two types of people. أَفَمَنْ يَتَّقِي بِوَجْهِهِ And then the theme continues. أَفَمَنْ a is fa then man who yattaqi He will shield, he will guard, he will protect. Who will he protect? Himself. Because ittiqa wiqaya is to take some shield, to protect oneself. And taqwa is called taqwa because it is such fear of Allah that causes you to Protect yourself against punishment, against the wrath of Allah, against harmful consequences. Whether it is by doing certain things or avoiding other things. So, أَفَمَنْ يَتَّقِي بِوَجْهِهِ The one who will shield, meaning himself, how? بِوَجْهِهِ with his face. Meaning the only thing by which he can protect himself is with his face. Now if you think about it, if something harmful is coming your way, and you are shielding yourself with your face, are you actually protecting yourself? 
No. That effort to protect oneself is in vain. Because what this means is that a person is going headlong into something. That something dangerous, something harmful is coming straight a person's way and he's not able to protect himself. So, yattaqi bi wajhihi su al-adhab, evil punishment. Ittaqa bi, you see over here, yattaqi bi wajhihi. Ittaqa bi is to take shield behind something. So what this means is that his face will be a shield against the fire, as in this person will be flung into the hellfire without any protection. So he will take it all first and foremost on his face. And what is this? Su al-adab, evil punishment, and this is referring to hellfire. Yawm al-qiyamah, on the day of judgment. You see, if something harmful is coming your way, generally, we protect our face, isn't it? We will put our hand, we will put our arm. If anything, we will bend our face. Anything to protect our face. Hand gets injured even if a person is falling. Right? A person generally puts his hand out, arm out in order to protect the face. It's like a reflex. But when a person is thrown into hellfire, then he will not be able to guard his face even. Why? Because hands will be tied. إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا فِي أَعْنَاقِهِمْ أَغْلَالًا In the next are أَغْلَال فَهِيَ إِلَى الْأَذْقَانِ فَهُمْ مُقْمَحُونَ A person will not be able to bend his face down even. Why this evil punishment? وَقِيلَ And it will be said لِلظَّالِمِينَ To the wrongdoers ذُوقُوا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْسِبُونَ Taste that which you used to earn. Meaning you brought this upon yourself. Allah did not deprive you of guidance. He created you with reason. He created you with curiosity. And He sent guidance. And He sent the best speech to wake you up. And He sent difficulties in your life to shake you. But you never, you never protected yourself from wrong. Now you will not be able to protect yourself from punishment. ذُوقُوا مَا كُنْتُمْ كَذَّبَ He denied who الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Those before them. Remember this is a Makki surah. And primarily it is the people of Makkah who are being addressed. So those before them also denied. Meaning those before the people of Makkah, they also denied their messengers. And what happened? فَأَتَاهُمُ الْعَذَابُ Then the punishment came to them مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ From where they did not even perceive. They did not even expect فَأَذَاقَهُمُ اللَّهِ So Allah made them taste. Allah made them experience. الْخِزْيَ Humiliation فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا In the life of this world. Because in the ayah where we learn about punishment in the hereafter, a person may think, oh it's far. I wonder if it's even going to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it close. Look at this. Look at what happened to people before. Did they live forever? No. فَأَذَاقَهُمُ اللَّهُ الْخِزْيَ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا We see in this world even that a person could live a life of crimes but then eventually what happens? He suffers the consequences of his own actions. He suffers humiliation and disgrace in this life. وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ And this should remind us that surely the punishment of the hereafter is far greater. لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ If only they knew. If only they knew that the punishment of the hereafter is far greater, far more severe, then they would not commit the crimes they are committing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made arrangements so that people know. 
And what is that? وَلَقَدْ ضَرَبْنَا لِلنَّاسِ And certainly we have struck for people في هذا القرآن, in this Qur'an, من كل مثل, every kind of example. In the Qur'an, Allah has given every example. Every example meaning every essential example that people need in order to understand the truth. It doesn't mean that the Qur'an is a book of examples. What this means is that every relevant, necessary, beneficial example is given in the Qur'an. Why are examples given in the Qur'an? Because through examples, we are able to understand concepts better. Something that's abstract becomes more real and more concrete. So in order to explain matters to people, in order to make the matter clear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given many examples. Min kulli mathal, every type of example. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ So that they might remember, they might take heed. What's the message over here? It's not that Allah has deprived people of guidance. No. Allah has sent guidance. He has clarified guidance. So if anyone is in error, if anyone suffers in the hereafter, it's not Allah's fault. No way. As we see in the previous ayat, ذُوقُوا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْسِبُونَ You brought this upon yourself. Qur'anan. Where are the examples? Qur'anan. It is a Qur'an that is Arabian, Arabic. An Arabic Qur'an. Because the first recipients were who? Arabic speaking people. This doesn't mean that for the non-Arabs, this Qur'an is not a message for them. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Arabic language because the first recipients were Arabic speaking. And Allah chose the Arabic language also because of its eloquence and its clarity and its precision and its beauty. And we see that examples are best illustrated in the Arabic language. So, وَلَقَدْ ضَرَبْنَا لِلنَّاسِ فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ And this mathal is in what? Qur'anan Arabiyan, An Arabic Qur'an. A very descriptive, vivid language. Isn't it so? I mean, if you think about it, every word in the Arabic language is so deep. It's so deep. Yes, we go into further detail because we are studying the Qur'an, but the language of the Qur'an, Arabic itself, is so descriptive that it really makes things clear to you. Go ahead. I was watching this lecture yesterday, and in it the speaker said that Arabic is like one of the, or it's like one of the only languages that hasn't changed as much as other languages have over time. Like if we look at even English like a hundred years ago, it's hard to understand like what they're talking about. You know? Less than a hundred even. I mean, if you look at the earliest translations of the Quran into the English language, the earliest that were done, can we read them and understand them? No. Forget about understanding, it's difficult to even pronounce the words properly. Right? Yes. There was a lecture here by Yahya Ibrahim, and they were mentioning about the examples here, uh, examples in the Quran. It was particularly talking about relationships, and the way he explained it was, he was saying that every single relationship is explained in the Quran through examples, right? There's a father-son relationship, there's a mother-child relationship, there's a brother-brother relationship, right? And there's a spouse-husband-wife relationship. Every single relationship is mentioned. And even for the husband-wife, there's a submissive wife and a tyrant husband. Or there's a good husband and a bad wife. And every single type of relationship, it's explained through examples. So likewise, you know, even other examples are, everything is sort of explained. in the yes, Very true. And if you think about it, an example is not necessarily mentioned as an example, as in 
This is an example. Darabullahu mathalan. But also, people can find example in stories that are mentioned. Right? So, Quran and Arabian, this is an Arabic Quran. Ghayra the iwaj. Ghayra, not other than. The iwaj. One having iwaj. What is iwaj? Deviance. So, ghayra the iwaj, meaning the Quran does not have any deviance. It is without any deviance. There is no iwaj in the Quran. What does iwaj mean? Iwaj is literally when something is twisted, bent. And you see there is physical deviance. So for example, a pole is not straight, it is bent. Alright? A table, the legs are not straight. There is a problem with it, so it's always wobbly. Alright? The floor is not even. So there is physical crookedness. And then there is intangible crookedness also. Like for example, in one's intention. Right? Appears to be very genuine. But in reality, a person is very selfish, looking out for their personal benefits. Right? This is iwaj. So auj is physical inconsistency or physical crookedness. And iwaj is intangible crookedness. So over here we see the word iwaj. There is no iwaj in the Qur'an. Meaning there is no deviance in the Qur'an. There is nothing in the Qur'an that is harmful. In the sense that a person would read, apply, follow and would suffer. There is nothing in its consequence harmful for people. No, everything is full of khair for people. There is no deviation in the Qur'an. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ So that they may save themselves. They may protect themselves. So the instruction in the Qur'an is such that will protect people, that will save people. Not such that will put people in danger. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ and now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives an example. Allahu mathalan. Allah gives an example. Allah strikes an example. Allah has struck an example. Remember Makki Surah? So this is an example with regards to Tawheed and Shirk. An example that really illustrates the reality of Shirk and the reality of Tawheed. An example. Of who? Rajulan of a man. An example of a man. What kind of a man? Fihi, in him, meaning concerning him. Shuraka, partners. Fihi shuraka, shuraka, plural of the word sharik. Who is sharik? One who shares something with another. Alright? What this means is, a person who is owned by partners. Meaning he is not owned by one master, Rather, he is owned by multiple masters. And those masters are shuraka. Right? Meaning they all have an equal right over him. Not that one has greater and the other has lesser. They all have equal right over him. And these masters, these shuraka, are mutashakisun. Ill-mannered. Always quarreling. The word mutashakisun is a plural of mutashakis, and mutashakis is from shakisa, sheen kapsin, and shakisa is to be rough, crude mannered, ill mannered, really rude, abrupt. Understand? You know, generally when a person is, for example, upset with somebody, they're gonna say, I hope you don't mind, however, such and such and such. Now why did they say, I hope you don't mind? Because I'm upset with you, 
and I care about your feelings. However, I have a big problem with what you did. This person is at least somewhat polite. And the other is extremely harsh and crude. What on earth are you doing and swearing and, you know, putting the other down? This is shakisa. Right? To be rough, crude, ill-mannered. All right? Then the word shakasa is to oppose. To oppose. Because generally people become rude and rough and ill-mannered when they are in a position of opposition to another. Right? Mutashakis. Mutashakis. Mutafa'il. Now there's multiple parties involved. Right? Mutashakis. Mutashakisun are those who are quarreling and arguing with one another. But how? How do you think? Quarreling and arguing with one another. In what manner? Huh? Exactly. Very rudely. Roughly. So, mutashakisun, these masters are all mutashakisun, meaning they're always fighting with each other. Over who? Over the poor slave. Right? Each greedily demanding from the slave, fighting with each other over what they demand from the slave. What's going to happen to the poor slave? You know, for example, if there's a mother, and she has three children, right? And all three of them are very, or four children are very similar in their ages. A few months apart, for example, or barely a year or two apart, right? And what happens is the poor mother picks up one child. Another one comes running, all right, and pulls the foot of the child that she's holding. All right, have you seen these scenes? Maybe you've experienced them in your life. Poor mother, who is she to carry and who is she to put down? She's hugging one and two other come out of extreme jealousy. You understand what's going on? This is mutashakis. These are children at least, so it looks cute. Mutashakisun are adults, selfish, greedy, rude, ill-mannered, just fighting, quarreling with each other. Why did you call him? No, I want him right now. I gave him a task. Why did you tell him to do this? You understand what's going on? So mutashakisun, what does it show? All these masters are basically concerned about themselves. They don't care about the poor slave. Who are they concerned about? Themselves. Each is greedily demanding from the slave what he wants without any care or concern for the slave or anybody else. What do you think about the life of this slave? What do you think about his life? Is he living a very happy, a very happy life? A very peaceful life? No. It's extremely difficult. I think as women we can relate this very well. Because for a woman, typically she has to manage between, let's say, her house, even within the house, the laundry and the kitchen and the children and the husband and the guests and the in-laws and the grocery and the this and the that and the studies. So many things, right? It's as if you're being pulled from so many directions, you don't know who to listen to and who not to listen to. Especially if people have some difference, like for example, the father and son, they have some issue. The poor mother or poor wife, she's stuck. You understand what's going on? Maybe from the other side we can understand if a husband has to please his mom and wife, what happens to him? Wife says one thing, mother says the other thing. You understand what's going on? Such people, do they live happy, peaceful lives? No way. Life becomes so difficult for them, they just want to quit and run away. Yes. In India, I would see that there are joint families and there is one servant trying to please the mother-in-law, the daughters-in-law, different people in the house. This is what I am reminded of. Yeah. 
So, mutashakisun warajulan. And then there is another person who is salaman, belonging exclusively to who? Lirajulin, to a person, a man, meaning he has only one master. In other words, salam, sin lam mim. What does salam mean? When someone is salim, it means they are safe, secure, alright? So salam means, salam, Islam is to surrender, alright? So salam is to surrender entirely to someone. Belong exclusively, solely, and indisputably to someone. And this is the essence of Islam. In our religion, Islam, our religion, what is it? That we surrender ourselves entirely, wholeheartedly, completely to who? Allah and Allah alone. Not our nafs, not our money, not our career, not people, Allah alone. This is Islam. So, وَرَجُلًا سَلَامًا لِرَجُلٍ Another man who belongs exclusively to just one man. Allah asks us, هَلْ يَسْتَوِيَانِ مَثَلًا Are these two equal? يَسْتَوِيَانِ They're both equal. Are they both equal? Mathalan, in example, as in, in comparison, when you compare these two people, are they the same? Are they the same? What's the answer? No. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, you understand. Get it? Why Alhamdulillah is here? Alhamdulillah, that any person who reads this will understand that yes, such two people are not the same. Right? All praise is to Allah. بَلْ أَكْثَرُهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ but still, majority of them do not know. What's the message in this ayah? What do you think? What are we being taught through this example? Yes, a contrast is being made over here between two ways of life. One way of life is focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That a person realizes my master is Allah. My ultimate goal is to earn Allah's pleasure. My ultimate goal is to save myself from Allah's wrath, to not do anything that is displeasing to my Lord. This is one way of life, one goal. And the other is that a person is scattered, scattered between the creation. He is in love with one thing, afraid of another, extremely afraid of something hopeful for another, He's scattered. His matters are scattered. Will he be at peace? No, he won't be at peace. So peace can only come through what? Tawheed. This is the difference between Tawheed and Shirk. Tawheed is being explained through Rajulan Salaman li Rajul. And Shirk is being explained through Rajulan fihi shuraka'u mutashakisun. There's a huge difference in the lives of these people. You see? The creation, people are such that if we try to please one person, definitely another will be displeased. This is a fact. This is a reality. If we try to do one thing, another will have to be compromised. Because we're limited in our capacity. Isn't it? Has it ever happened with you that finally you get on very good terms with a particular individual at the cost of making somebody else Maybe slightly upset. Does it happen? Do you have friends? Hmm? What happens? 
your friend is upset with you, you didn't talk to her for a long time. So you're like, okay, finally, I will go out with her for dessert. Right? You go out with her for dessert. You come back, and your mom is upset. Why were you out so long? You understand? Or your dad's not happy. Or your brother's not happy. Or somebody's not happy. Your husband's not happy. Or your children are not happy. You understand? I'm not saying that we should not care about their feelings. The point here is that our ultimate goal should be who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not saying that we should be imbalanced in our lives such that we don't care about the rights of our family or our friends or our spouses and we're just living selfishly. Living tawheed does not mean living selfishly. Living tawheed means your ultimate goal is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you try your best to do the right thing, but if in the process somebody gets upset, even though you've done your best, you don't lose hope over there. Understand? And another lesson over here is also that when we are always trying to please people, we cannot get anywhere. We cannot get anywhere because we'll be scattered constantly. I feel like Allah SWT is also telling us here that you can see that the person who has only one master is very privileged. We can see this in his, like slave history. There is difference between the slaves that are just regular servants and then those that are serving this, like the owner himself, like the maid of honor or whatever. Sorry, wrong term. <laughs> but like the lady in waiting, that's the word. Yes. There's a difference between the lady in waiting, the one who serves particularly just one person, versus the ones that are in the kitchen, for example. There's the ones at the bottom are going to be commanded by everyone. They're ordered around. They're not treated the same way. But the lady-in-waiting is given so much respect because, oh, look, you're serving the lady directly. So their clothes are better, whatever it may be. But it's an example for us as well. When you're serving just Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're so much more special. You're so much more important, more privileged because you're serving one person directly. You're not, no, at the lower end serving everyone altogether. So even just in terms of status, you have more status because you're serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Yes. And it's all about having peace of mind. Because if our peace of mind is determined by people being happy or unhappy with us, then we'll never have peace of mind. But if our goal is to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do, then once we do something, it brings us happiness. Before I learned Ta'alim al-Quran, I used to, you know, uh, do something it's called mujamalat. I don't know in English, uh, maybe something like if somebody want to be this way is happy, I make them that way happy. Then when I learned Quran, alhamdulillah, I just make them happy so to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. This is Tawheed, right? That even when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with them for whose sake? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even though you may be giving a glass of water to your mother, or you may be ironing your husband's shirt, your worth is not determined by your relationship with other people. It is determined by your relationship with whom? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even when you're dealing with people, the people creation is a means. So there's a huge difference over here. One is belonging to one owner and the other is belonging to who? Multiple owners. Mutashakisun. Have you ever heard that story of the boy and the, the father who were traveling and they had a donkey? Right? And what happened? One donkey, two people, they said, okay, don't ride it. People started saying, how foolish. Somebody should ride. Right? And the father sat on the donkey. People started saying, 
what a mean father. Right? The son was writing, and the people said, what a selfish son. And finally, they picked up the donkey. They picked up the donkey. Like, could, could you please be happy with us? Right? You see, let's make this a little bit more practical. If you're wearing something, you're wearing something, you go out to school, right? you're wearing your dress. Do you feel conscious that people are not going to like what I'm wearing? Maybe somebody says, beautiful pattern on your dress. And another one says, are you living in the 80s or something? Right? Another says, does your mom pick clothes for you? You understand? Even if people don't say these things, maybe they come out, you know, or you feel that they might say something. So our goal should not I mean, I'm not saying dress crazy. Dress appropriately, but the test is going to be, is this acceptable near my Lord? Then people can say whatever. Right? They can try to judge me by my clothes, but who cares? If this is acceptable before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm happy. Right? So, when a person realizes that he is a servant of Allah, then he becomes free. And you're not concerned about People in the sense that what are they going to say? What are they going to think? How are they going to feel? It doesn't mean you become insensitive. It means that you your actions are not going to change because of people. Your behavior is not going to change because of people. They're going to improve, inshallah, because of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a very important example which requires a lot of reflection, deep reflection on a regular basis. Innatamayitun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the Prophet indeed you are to die. Mayit. You are to die. Mayit. Mayit is who? Someone who is going to die. And there's another word which is mayit. A woman kana maytan. Mayit. With no shadda on the ya. Mayit is one who is already dead. And mayit, all of us are mayit, meaning all of us are going to eventually die. Alright? So, innaka mayitun. Indeed, you are going to die. Wa innahum, and indeed they, mayitun, wants to die, meaning they are also going to die. Because, see the mushrikun, they would say that, don't worry, just let it go by, finally Muhammad is going to die and all of this is going to be over. So it is said that you are going to die, yes, and they are also going to die. So there is no satisfaction to be gained from somebody's death. What are you going to get if the person whom you dislike dies today? Aren't you going to die? Everyone is going to die. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 34-35, Allah says, وَمَا جَعَلْنَا لِبَشَرٍ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ الْخُلْدِ no person has been given eternity in this world. So if you're going to die, are they going to remain forever? No. Every soul is going to taste death. Aisha radiallahu anha said that the Prophet ﷺ in his deathbed, when he was about to die in his extreme illness, there was a bowl of water a wood container full of water in front of him. And the Prophet ﷺ would put his hand into the water and then rub his face with it, saying, La ilaha illallah, there is no God worthy of worship but Allah, no doubt 
death has its stupors. Death is painful. In another hadith we learned, Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad ﷺ, live how much ever long you wish. Meaning, no matter how long you live, فَإِنَّكَ مَيِّتَ Eventually you are going to die. وَأَحْبِبْ مَنْ شِئْتَ Love whoever you want. Eventually there is separation. وَعْمَلْ مَا شِئْتَ And do whatever you wish. فَإِنَّكَ For indeed you will be recompensed for it. So three things. Live however long you do. Eventually there is death. Love whoever you want. Eventually there is separation. And do what you do. Eventually there is consequence. إِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ ثُمَّ إِنَّكُمْ Then indeed you all, يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On the day of judgment, عِنْدَ رَبِّكُمْ Near your Lord, تَخْتَصِمُونَ You all shall dispute. تَخْتَصِمُونَ اِخْتَصَمَ خَاصَادْمِيم And خَصْم is a dispute which is when people are demanding their rights. تَخْتَصِمُونَ You will dispute near your Lord concerning the injustices that you committed towards one another. So worry about that time. Focus upon your goal. Submit entirely to Allah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوَ عَلَى نُورٍ مِّنْ رَبِّهِ فَوَيْلٌ لِلْقَاسِيَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أُولَئِكَ فِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ اللَّهُ نَزَّلَ أَحْسَنَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابًا مُتَشَابِهًا مَثَانِيَ تَقْشَعِرُ مِنْهُ جُلُودُ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ ثُمَّ تَلِينُ جُلُودُهُمْ وَقُلُوبُهُمْ إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ هُدَى اللَّهِ يَهْدِي بِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادِ أَفَمَنْ يَتَّقِي بِوَجْهِهِ سُوءَ الْعَذَابِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَقِيلَ لِلظَّالِمِينَ ذُوقُوا مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْسِبُونَ كَذَّبَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَأَتَاهُمُ الْعَذَابُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ فَأَذَاقَهُمُ اللَّهُ الْخِزْيَ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَكْبَرُ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ وَلَقَدْ ضَرَبْنَا لِلنَّاسِ فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا غَيْرَ ذِي عِوَجٍ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ ضرب الله مثلا رجلا 
فيه شركاء متشاكسون ورجلا سلما لرجل هل يستويان مثلا الحمد لله بل أكثرهم لا يعلمون إنك ميت وإنهم ميتون ثم إنكم يوم القيامة عند ربكم تختصمون 